0: Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion LA Galaxy.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on an October 29th, a a Thursday, October 29th. I was going to say Monday. I don't know what day it is. It's all just sort of blending together. Uh, A big day. Uh, a little, a little scary day, a little busy day. Um, some things are happening. LA Galaxy have fired uh, head coach Guillermo Glodo and his coaching staff. We're going to talk about that. I promise. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to talk about with that, so I, we will not skimp. But we also have to go over the loss to Portland. We got to put this in context. We got to take you through chronologically with Chicharito, with Portland Timbers game, with the press conference last night, and then take you into the announcement and. The LA Galaxy have a game against Real Salt Lake, too. I don't, it, it, yes, there's still three games left in the season. A bunch to get to. Uh, let's just cut straight to it. Helping me out. Uh, the Portuguese hammer himself, uh, Eric Beer. How's it going, buddy?
2: It, it's going well. Like you said, it is. these are hectic, hectic times. Difficult times to be an LA Galaxy fan. Uh, but I'm excited that we get to talk about it tonight. Because usually we have our show. We fill a buster for an hour. And then the big news drops the next morning. So the big news dropped this afternoon. So we are we are ready to to talk what's, uh, with what's fresh hot off the press here.
1: Yeah, I was, uh, I, I may have at one point texted you. So, uh, it broke at two thirty uh, was when the press release went out. I found out about it at two twenty five. So I, <laughs> wow, I was really in front of things on this. So I got tipped, Swear. uh, I found, uh, yeah, yeah. It's that, that long lead time to write all those articles that you want to write about it and go out. Um, I got tipped. Uh, about it. And then basically about the time I got tipped about it, everybody else sort of got tipped and all of a sudden it was out. And then at 2.30, the press conference, or the press release came out. So everything was very condensed today. It was a very busy day. <laughs> there was a lot of stuff going on. Just in fact, of uh, MLS announcing some some weird things today as well in terms of the points per game. We're going to talk about that. Um, so there was a lot of things going on. And I had sort of resigned myself that this wasn't going to happen, Eric, because after the Wednesday night, after last night's debacle in Portland, and after the weird press conference and all that stuff, I was convinced that it was going to happen. In t- you know, this morning, if it was going to happen, or it was going to happen at the end of the season, that there just was nothing anybody could do, and they were going to have, you know, they were going to have to sort of do it. So um, it's just, it was just a weird sort of, sort of crazy day. I will say this um, before we get too far in. Uh, and I want to let Eric talk eventually. It's it's yeah, I think he deserves it. So, um, is that I did talk to uh, LA Galaxy general manager Dennis Declosa about 10 to 15 minutes ago. I was trying to get him on the show, and it, I understood he's been had a had a busy day, um, and that things were, and it just you know, it, I, I'm sure he won't mind me sharing this. He said, you know, we'll do it another time for sure. And and Dennis has been on the show before and he's a great guy to talk to and he'll give it to you straight. Um, but he, his quote was, you know, it's been a long day. It's been a long week. It's been a long month. And I was like, I, I think everybody can sort of feel that uh, in it. And it reminded me, you know, that it's a sad day too, in a lot of ways. And I know that we've we've all been frustrated and you've watched what has happened and you've seen the LA Galaxy continue to circle the drain and it gets worse and worse day after day. understand that. But that people lost their jobs today, and that there were friends of people within the organization that they've been working with for the two years. So, you know, as much as uh, I believe that they did the correct thing, at least the first step of correct things that they needed to do, uh, it's still there's still a little part of me that's like there's still people in this, and it, it still sucks. Now, uh, Eric, you pointed out to me, and I or I think it was uh, it was one of our friends pointed out that uh, that they're also getting paid for this next year. Um, and, and they don't yeah. have to, do, so they're going to be, they're going to be okay. I mean, you know, Guillermo's Guillermo and the coaching staff are going to be okay. But, um, it was just, uh, just a really sort of rough day. I think overall, when you're talking to the actual organization outside, fans are jumping up and setting things on fire. I don't think anybody's done that. Um, but you know, are, are excited for the change because with the change comes hope. Right. I mean, that's, that's really what this is. Cause there's no, you know, Dominic Kinnear is the coach. There's hope now, Eric, but it's not like there's anything <laughs> definitive has happened.
2: Yeah, I feel like uh, Dennis DeClos at the press conference, there's a lot to uh, to unwrap from what you just said. And the, f- the first part being that it is a sad day. And, and DTK even said in the press conference, he said, first and foremost, this is sad, you know, because we have to get rid of someone. And you're right, I was talking about it with my wife, and she's someone who works uh, in human resources. And she's like, I never want to be in a position like that, where you're just con- there's the constant threat of being fired, and then relocated and families relocated and upended like, that is right. not a fun position to be in but you're right they are getting paid and 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 that kind of comes with the territory it is the job but you're right they are people and when we talk about certain superstars as well which i'm sure we'll get into sometimes it's easy to disassociate that they're people and they have families and it's easy to make jokes and i'm right there making jokes at the expense just like everyone else but you know at the at the end of it at the end of the day they are people and it it is a bummer but um you know but i was kind of with you on the camp that Firing with three games left, what, what is that going to accomplish? And especially that his twin brothers on the staff, uh, in addition to uh, coaches that he brought over, so it's not like there was a team of assistants that's in place that's going to stick around if he was gone. It's not like Gustavo was going to take over when his brother just got fired. So you knew they were going to clean house. And now uh, they mentioned it, that they basically were going to talk with Dom this afternoon and make plans to, to fill that staff for these final few games. So uh, it, it seems... Uh, interesting. Like, you know, are you really going to reload? You know, technically they're not out of the playoff race, but if we're being real, I mean, they're out of the playoff race with how, with how things went yesterday and the, and the, over the weekend, they're, they're pretty much done. It's, it's a dead man walking situation with this team, but um, yeah, so I I didn't think it was going to happen, but I think there's only so many embarrassing losses that you can face before you have to make a statement and whether you say it's, his fault or not his fault, we'll get into that a little bit later, but I, I mean, I, I don't think it was the wrong decision either because I think, you know, an embarrassing loss like that when your job was already in the hot seat, uh, it was the final straw that broke the camel's back.
1: Yeah, it was. All right. Let's get to, uh, let's get to a little crying. So having said that now we'll dance all over their graves, um, yeah. as, as we, as we do the rest of the show, <laughs> now we'll treat
2: them like they're not people. It's what we have yes. to do to make good yes. content.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's something like that. I'm sure. Um. All right. Let's get to the to the day of the game because that's really when all of this starts and it leads up to things and it throws uh, different things. I don't know. Uh, I know that uh, that one of everybody's favorite sports writer, uh, Kay Baxter, there is is looking at, um, you know, sort of writing a story and saying. And he asked me if the galaxy were like a, a a soap opera, and I go, Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate at this point. It feels like it's this accurate. Maybe it's not a it's not a telenovela yet. It hasn't gone to that drama, but it could be if you just give it a little bit of if you. Follow any of the galaxy conspiracy theories? It is a telenovela, actually, absolutely. Yeah. But right now, um, it's just probably a you know boring old soap opera. So um, it starts the morning of the game on Wednesday morning, and we did a show on Monday. Uh, there was no media availability between Monday and Wednesday, so there was no way to check on anybody, and you didn't know the status of Chicharito. You didn't know whether Joe Corona was going to be available. All these things sort of got you know brought into this, and it was uh, it was all question marks, and so. What do we get in the morning? But we get a post from Chicharito. We have an Instagram post. All right. Now uh, the Instagram post basically says, and I'll paraphrase. He said, um, "You know, hey, I'm not going to be able to uh, to play in this game tonight because I'm injured. But I'm wishing the LA Galaxy the best, and I hope they get three points." It's really that's my paraphrase because I had to translate it, and then I forgot the translation. So that's the paraphrase of what he said. Okay, that's <laughs> I was cool. Gonna say, I, ha- uh, yeah, I have but, it if you want it. Yeah. Well, the, what is that exactly direct going?
2: translation from? From Instagram, it's a translation from Instagram, so again, Spanish to English isn't exact, but um, basically what it says, today I get to be out due to injury, so that's already tells you that that's a translation thing. Today I get to be out due to injury, but I wish my team uh, can get three points, and to keep the possibility of qualifying the playoffs alive, let's go my LA Galaxy. So uh, again, little, you know, myth of the translation, but you get the idea.
1: Yeah, So so now... On the face of it, this is a player who has seemed very disconnected from the team, who doesn't have the LA Galaxy in his profile on Instagram. He doesn't list that he's an LA Galaxy player, who doesn't normally talk about the LA Galaxy or, or do things that sort of show him in an LA Galaxy uniform, or really try to ingratiate himself with a fan base. And it's a fan base that's pretty ticked off at this point. Uh, seeing all this money wasted in an international spot and in a designated player spot, all wasted on a player who has one goal um, the entire season, who has been injured for large portions of the season, who hasn't played in games this entire season. I still think he's around 40% of the total minutes available he's played. Um, I think that's right around where it was. I did, the, did it earlier today. Um, so you have this guy. So you know, on the face of it, it's, hey, I'm rooting on my team. Here's the problem. The LA Galaxy didn't say he was out. Chicharito said he was out. So for the first time in I don't know how long, Eric, I don't think I've ever seen a player of the LA Galaxy, and I've been doing this since 2009, almost before Instagram. Was it before Instagram in
2: 2009? It feels like it
1: was probably before Instagram, or like
2: borderline. It was probably it was probably around, but it wasn't uh it wasn't a thing like it is now. It wasn't a, a yeah. commonplace item. It wasn't part of the the zeitgeist, if you will. Maybe it was in development or in the early stages.
1: Um, so, so, you know, I I can't remember a player ever ruling themselves out either on Twitter or on Instagram and saying, hey, I'm not gonna be there. By the way, the plane had like just taken off. Like whenever you get down to where it was, it was like the plane just took off and then Chicharito fires off the post like, hey, I'm gonna be, I'm injured so I can't play in this game. Um, and it's just, it, it was... I think it was in the right place, but it was tone deaf in sort of how that was going to play out. And I will tell you 100% true. The LA Galaxy had no idea this was t- being t- tweeted out. They knew he wasn't playing. It wasn't like he was suddenly like, oh, I'm going to play. But no, I'm not. I'm on Instagram saying I'm not playing. They just didn't know he was going to post it. Um, and, I, you know, I have to imagine and talking to a whole bunch of people, people are sort of scratching their heads trying to figure him out right now because he seems like a question mark. He seems like a guy who's not involved. It seems like a guy who keeps this club at arm's length all the time. And this feels like more arm's length. Um, what, what did you make of it, Eric?
2: So, you know, first of all, shout out to one of the, my you know, the followers on Instagrams and listener of the show who who pointed out, you know, Chicharito never mentions anything about the LA Galaxy. And when they, he said that, I was like, you know, that's, a, you know, something a lot of fans say, but, you know, I'm sure he's mentioned it. And when I went back to look at his profile you know, one of the only players who doesn't have uh, the Galaxy mentioned that he's a L.A. Galaxy player. I know that's a silly thing, but it is something that, you know, I have on my Instagram profile that I'm a co host on Corner of the Galaxy. So <laughs> much smaller scale. And, and that's it, something it's that part you of your claim contract, isn't to, it? It's, it's part of the contract <laughs> you take a little bit of you know I, I i'm you know to your horn to my horn something i take a little bit of pride in is, is being part of the show so that that's one red flag uh, and then you see the n- number of times he posted it wasn't really ab- about the galaxy and and you're right i don't think i've ever seen a player rule himself out before a game you usually see it like with a season-ending injury you know i'm at the hospital i'm okay wishing my team the best that's the that's usually the scenario that you see it um so so what it says to me is you know, you said it was tone-deaf, but I, I think it was I don't know what the the right word is. I feel like someone someone got in his ear, either from the club or his his brand manager or a life coach or whatever it is, and say, Listen, there's a fan base who's very upset with you. They say, you know, they say in all the press conferences we don't pay attention to what the way people are saying, but of course they know. You know, you see the, him constantly being mentioned in, in articles and, you know, fans tagging him and things. And the general consensus is you have a fan base that's pretty upset with his scenario. So I think, especially after El Trafico, he missed the fourth marquee game of the season. And he someone probably got in there and said, listen, th- these people are not happy with you and, and you need to start, you know, trying to ingratiate the fans. And I think that's what that post was, was giving a heads up, him in a Galaxy uniform, trying to, you know... Keep it in touch with the fans and, and let them know that he he's rooting for them and he wants the best. But but the only part where I think I'll agree with you where it becomes tone-deaf this was a new revelation. It's now October. He's been with the team since January. It's not like he's been constantly talking about the team or when, you know, right. when they were there, he went home from the bubble or, and he was still injured that he was posting every single game that they were gone. Cause that is something you see players do. I think Joe Corona's done it. I think Jonathan Dos Santos has done it. They're not there. So they'll like, you know, Instagram story of them watching the game at home, you know, that, that he wasn't doing that. So it was like now that the fan base has almost completely turned on you and I, I'm kind of in that camp where I wanted to give them a, a chance maybe signs were there but you give them the benefit of the doubt and now that they've turned now is when you want to start saying I'm here for the team you know it's all about the team uh, I, I want to reach out to the fans show them that I care about this club it's it seems like it's a little bit too little, too late. Um, you know, maybe the 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 train hasn't left the station yet. Maybe he still has a, a you know a couple more years in the contract and off season to get himself right and and to redeem himself here. But I think uh, this is something that you know. It could have been done a little bit earlier and been the norm. It just doesn't seem like it's the norm, and that's why it's a big red flag, and probably why the galaxy was surprised and why a lot of uh, you know a lot of fans called BS on it, really, because it's like you haven't been saying anything, and then all of a sudden you say something. You know, people see right through that.
1: I, I was going to say that uh, there's a lot of people who consider this almost a conspiracy theory of sorts, uh, that this was Chicharito almost trying to get Gamma barros Scaletto fired. Um, that this was him not wanting to play and not, and his injury has been him not wanting to play for this bad team and therefore him taking the blame for it. Um, and if that's the case, then the LA Galaxy have one of the giantest problems that they can possibly have, which is a star that thinks that they get to control the way that the club is run. And the last time that happened... Uh, it was David Beckham, and I'm sorry, Chicharito, you're no David Beckham. Um, so you don't get to do that. If if this is the game that maybe he's trying to play, because you know it was David Beckham that went through a coach, and then they brought in Rude Gullett, Uh and Rude was horrible. I mean, abso- you're yeah. talking about the darkest days of the LA Galaxy, horrific. 2007, 2008. It was horrific. They never practiced set pieces um, during his time. That's like, spitt- and you, yeah, yeah, and it was just, hey, just go play the ball, and then I, I guess he would go out. Uh, partying i think that was that was uh, one of the one of the uh charges leveled against him so i mean you're talking about the darkest days and it took somebody like bruce arena coming in again we pray at the altar of bruce arena the bruce the bruce that that was um you know the 2009 to 2015 2016 la galaxy um you know those were the those were the good old days and by the way that's that's where you're at um, but yeah, I mean, you eventually, uh, it was funny cause Alexi Lawless <laughs> said on Twitter, somebody said, how do you fix the LA galaxy? He goes, fire me, hire Bruce arena, right? Which is what <laughs> happened after <laughs> Rude left. Um, and then Alexi got fired and they brought in Bruce arena, right? I mean, that's, that is history. If you know your history, that's, that's why I thought it was hysterical. I was laughing and we were, we were all joking around. Um, but when you look at uh, you know, what could happen if you allow that? And remember, the Eric, a lot of these same charges were leveled against Giovanni Dos Santos, um, that he was trying to control things and that they brought in Jonathan Dos Santos to try to appease him and, and do all these things. Um, so for me, that's the danger of this. I don't think it's at that level, but if you allow him to dictate these terms, if he got Guillermo Barış fired, which I don't believe is the case, then they are just blow it all up. You might as well just just get relegated. Find find a way out of the league. I don't I don't know what to say. What what do you think, Eric?
2: Well, this is where I get to put on my tinfoil hat and this is where we get to have a good time and 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 delve into our conspiracy theories. I do not want to throw accusations and say that you know a player is faking an injury and, and saying anything like that. But I will say that if a player was going to do that, all of the circumstances were set up to make it look like that's the case. You had a coach bench their star player. Uh, Every time he was asked about this player, he seemed frustrated. Um, You know, the player in question wasn't scoring goals and wasn't looking good, didn't look ready to go. So it very much looked like the player was told he wasn't going to start. And he says, well, if I'm not going to start, then I'm not going to play. Everything looks that way. Uh, you know, you, you be bit, you're you not there, you're not in the training room, it's not it's not open, like you said, I think you mentioned it on Monday's show, it's not like you can go in training and say, well, he wasn't in training for the week. So because of that, it leads you to believe some of these things, maybe they're true, maybe they're not true, but there's no way to disprove it. So that's when the, the conspiracy theories come out. And then so same thing with El Trafico, it's possible uh, that he wasn't on the starting sheet the day before. And he said, you know what, my, my hamstring doesn't feel like I'm ready to go. And and, and that's a, a bad sign. So same thing, Uh, with the Portland game midweek, it didn't seem like when Chicharito was playing like he was favoring his body in any way, like he was carrying an injury. It, It didn't seem that way when you watched him play. So that's what makes it difficult. Sometimes when you have, like Jonathan Dos Santos, when he was first coming back from injury, sometimes those first few plays you could tell he was kind of favoring his leg a little bit, and he wasn't necessarily going for every ball at 100%. So you can tell he was kind of harboring an injury. I think Dos Santos looks much better now, but you can tell that in the beginning. But I didn't see those signs with Chicharito, which opens the gates with all, all the conspiracy theories. And you're right, you know, making that post, it, it could have been a pointed remark like, a, if if the club's not going to go out, then I'm going to go out and I'm going to tell you uh, if you, if you read the tea leaves, what's really going on, I wasn't selected. So I'm going to be out during the injury. I'm still rooting for you, but I wasn't picked to be part of it. It can be viewed that way. I'm not going to make those accusations, but you, all the, all the cards are out there for you to put those pieces together.
1: Yeah. If you want to connect those dots, you can, you can make a yeah. picture of a unicorn. I mean, they, it'll come together if you really <laughs> wanted to. Um, so it's magic if, eye, you hold it away magic- from
2: your, your face and it yeah. suddenly comes into focus.
1: It's a sailboat. That's what it is. Um <laughs> it's a clipper yeah, ship. that's an is is that is that also dating myself? Is that movie it's dating rats? myself? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, it probably is. That's probably dating myself as well. Alright, cool. Um, okay, so now let's get to the game itself. Uh, Garibar Shkolodo clearly on the hot seat, and we've known this. Uh, goes up to Portland, it looks like uh, actually we know it didn't look like. Uh, Dennis DeClosa was there. He was in person. Um, I don't know who else was in the stands there, but they kept showing DeClosa and he never looked comfortable the entire time. Which, how could you be? Because six minutes into this game the LA Galaxy were losing already. It was 3 nothing at halftime. They end up losing 5-2. Uh, the lineup take camera bearish put out. I know what he was trying to do. I get it, Eric. I, I I understood what he was trying to do with this lineup. It's just that when you give a goal up six minutes in anything you were trying to do is now toast, right? And clearly this is one of the most defensive lineups that he has put together for the LA galaxy. You can see it. Um, you know, Yoni Gonzalez is your striker up top. You had Christian Pavone out on the left. Julian Araujo at the right, you had sort of Jonathan Dos Santos at least listed as the 10. He didn't end up playing there and we kind of knew that was going to happen, but he was the most offensive central midfielder that they had because you had um, Carlos Harvey in there who got, I think, his first MLS start um, in the game and then you had Perry Kitchen back there. So Harvey is defensive, Kitchen is defensive, and then you had Jonathan Dos Santos who is box to box more than anything, but he's more defensive than he is offensive. So you had three defensive midfielders. So technically speaking, uh, if you count the four Uh, defenders and you had Insua, Depew, People Gonzalez was uh, suspended. You had Dan Stares and you had Rolf Felcher. If you count that, uh, they had six, seven defensive players on the field. Well, eight if you count Klinsman as well. Um, Eight players on the field out of your 11 were were defensive. I I mean, and you can't call Araujo offensive either. There's nine defensive players on that field. So Clearly, they were going for the, we're not going to let you score, and we're going to try to steal one on the road, which is a good MLS trick. I, I mean, that's that's a tried-and-true favorite. Um, and so you look at this, and you say, okay, great. That means you can't let people score. And then six minutes in, they let somebody score.
2: Yeah, I think... Here's where the misstep was for me. You're right. They had nine, quote-unquote, defensive players, and so it seemed like the move was to be like it was against LAFC, where they held them scoreless for a long time, and it took a an out-of-bounds play and a, a fluky play uh, to get the first goal and then eventually kick things off, and they lost that game, but they held, still, they held their own pretty well
1: little Just a little, salty Just about a little that, bit. I could tell. I could. I could feel it in your voice when you're saying it. It's okay. It's okay. Continue.
2: Sorry. I was to say I, I didn't say I was salty, but if you read between the lines, you can figure oh. it out. That's the theme for today. Um, okay. But so I could see the logic, but at the same time, the team that held LaFC scoreless and and did a great job defensively was with Sasha Klishin in the lineup, with Sebastian Legit in the lineup. It was not with Carlos Harvey and and uh, and, uh, and Perry Kitchen in there. So so you. That's where you you he mixed things up. He tried to do the same thing with a different set of players. And, you know, with absolutely no offense to Carlos Harvey, with your job on the line, that's that's the move you make when you have Sasha Klushen, who started your games, and has the veteran experience when you're on the road, and you have Sebastian Legette, who's, you know, your second leading scorer, and you leave them on the bench with your job on the line, uh, you know, you, you that's what you get, you know, you kind of get you get what you pay for, that's what you put out there, and it was no surprise to me that they went down early, and then it, it got really messy and ugly, and, uh, and I, I don't know where the conversation's going to go, but They've had several embarrassing losses, and this one, the the game was over at halftime. You, you know, you saw the second half where they fought back a little bit and looked like maybe there's going to be something, and then the letdown again. Um, you know, with that fourth goal with stairs getting getting twisted around, um, and then it was it was really over at that point uh but it was an embarrassing way to lose and so you could only have so many embarrassing losses before someone's got to go and And maybe it's gbs's fault maybe it's not i think the game yesterday was a, a poor game plan and i think that's why his head rolled it was it was the last thing because you can't just keep having these embarrassing losses and saying we're not doing anything that you know the fans were demanding something the supporters groups were demanding something something needed to happen you we can have the argument later about if other other, other heads need to roll as well in the front office it's it shouldn't it's shouldn't all fall on the shoulders uh, of Guillermo bar and I, I agree with that that it's not it's not entirely his fault uh, you know there are other people responsible for this um but the fact that he went it, it was' you know he he wasn't making uh he wasn't getting a performance out of the team um like like a coach should it just didn't seem like the team was playing for him it seemed like the team quit on him
1: yeah, and you know, it was uh, it was interesting. Just that whole game was interesting. I mean, you're losing three nothing at halftime. The penalty kick. I mean, Nick DePew, I think, has had three or four handballs this year, and I don't know that I can blame him for any of them. Like, it's just weird where he's think, his hands always seem to be in the way. But at the same time, I'm never like, dude, you got to keep your hand down. It's like some of this stuff is reactionary.
2: Yesterday's was the closest to being truly not in a natural position. I think the way his arm was. You know, I think that's a defender trick where you try to make it look like that's natural, but you're really making yourself bigger and putting your arm out there. I thought that was a fair penalty. I think he purposely had his hand up there just in case it went up. I, I don't think that one was accidental or as accidental as maybe he, he claimed it was.
1: I am never, uh, I, I was not going to argue with that one. That <laughs> was not, it was not one that I would sit yeah. there and go, oh, well, you know, it wasn't like in the LAFC game when the ball went out of bounds and then they just kept playing yeah. and then they looked at it. And <laughs> I don't uh, no, It's fine. Overhang.
2: because um, so, so, the overhang.
1: Yeah, yeah that's. It was the overhang. It was, it's round, okay? It's round, guys. The ball is round. Uh, I've heard all those arguments for like weeks now. It's, I'm just going to bang my head against the desk. Uh, so you get this. You get an L.A. Galaxy team that's down 3-0 at halftime, and you know you can go through all the defensive breakdowns and everything that happened. And really, again, this team and the way it was set up, it was set up to be a defensive team and stop people from scoring. So then as soon as they got scored on and they needed to score another goal and they started to break out of there, then the shape goes to crap, which is pretty much a, you know, perfect uh, uh, thing that happens to Gamer Bear teams, right? We've seen this, is that once the game plan is broken, once the game plan has no longer, is going to work the way that you want it to, because you got slapped, you got punched, and now you have to change your game plan, you have to adapt, you have to fight for things, is that the teams can't do it, they can't hold their shape. So you didn't have a shape here. So, three nothing at halftime. LA Galaxy looking like they are just a mess. I mean, as much as you'd love to, you know, say that ESPN with uh, Taylor Twellman and John Champion were like sitting there and just pounding on the LA Galaxy, and it was unfair <laughs> for them to just keep pounding. At the same time, they were 100% accurate on all of their stuff. Yeah. I'm like, what do you want? How do you want them to stop? It's like somebody should throw the white towel out on them because they're just getting bloodied out there.
2: Yeah, well, it's like everything that's going on right now I've been pretty active on, on social media lately kind of making jokes and and, and bashing the team pretty you know'm I'm, I'm pretty out of pocket with some of the things I've been I've been posting lately but I, I think that it's fair because that's where we're at We're in last place teams are beating up on you and so w- when they go on the broadcast you can't get upset with Taylor Tolman and, and, and John champion for or is John strong did I say the wrong John no no there? no no it was John, uh,
1: it was John champion.
2: Okay. You're good. All right. Yeah, I see. I mixed them up. Uh, but yeah. you can't get mad at them for for pointing out the flaws when the team's at you know, they're they're at the bottom of the standings and they're and they let three goals in and a half. Of course. Of course you're so like the one or two times a year we go to Big Bear. I have like the one jacket I got on Amazon. But that looked like a quality either Columbia or the North Face, you know, that that's Portland, the Portland uniform uh, that that he had there. So yeah, I agree with you. He he was he was well dressed for for the occasion there
1: but at the same time, like he kept trying to like almost hide in the jacket. It was creeping up around his ears, <laughs> yeah, right? Cause he was, I don't know if he was cold or if he was trying to hide and they kept showing him on, on TV and it's like his neck got shorter and shorter each time. And you could just see that he knew, I mean, you know, I, I don't know this. So I wanted to talk to him and, and really see if we could find out and, and we will do that. And hopefully we'll have that here in the next couple of weeks where we can talk to Dennis. But, um, you could. I don't know. I just feel like there was this thing that he knew he was going to have to do. That this isn't the result that was going to save Garibachikloto. This is the one that was going to break him. And so it's three nothing at halftime. Garibachikloto goes on with Taylor Twellman and John Champion. So um, I actually transcribed it. Um, I, it's it was interesting. I'll just. I, I don't really want to go through it. I'm sure you guys heard it, but it was just. Um, he killed. First of all, he killed the Chicharito rumor, right? So about going to Chivas on loan or stuff like that. He says he's not going anywhere. He's. Uh, he said, uh, I think, uh, I think it's been very challenging year for everyone, and certainly Javier. We obviously had him come in with high uh, uh, and with high high expectations from him, from ourselves, from everybody. We haven't been able to connect these high expectations so far, and there is no truth to any rumors of him going to Chivas or anything else. So that was sort of like, okay, that's not going anything. But then whenever it came to, he was pretty definitive on that one. But whenever it came to talking about Guillermo barros um, he says, I think it's a challenging moment to discuss it right now. And beyond even the manager position, the players, my decision, my part is being, first of all, held responsible. And I think we have to take responsibility. We have to evaluate the best we can. Obviously, after a very rough season so far, and I think it's not the time to discuss anything on the manager position on anybody within the organization before we shift the gears and evaluate anything going forward. He was very wishy-washy on what was going on with Guillermo. And you can read between the lines there. Everybody knows Guillermo's on the hot seat. He's not going to come out and say, yeah, we're probably going to fire him in about 45 minutes after this game is because to- this game is toast. But you could see that that's where, um, where he was sort of going. Uh, I think the only other takeaway that I get from that is, Eric, what other Galaxy person, front office, could go halftime on ESPN and do it knowing that his team is getting buried I mean do you would you expect that from anybody else within the organization
2: no no <laughs> Dennis has really shown that he's the only one who, who is out there making the rounds and having the conversation it, it happened in the preseason um it happened uh you know through the season and then with the MLS's back tournament he was he's kind of the face of the franchise and and I feel like that's that's part of the job is uh You know, as the general manager and uh, kind of working with the the front office there, he's the one who seems to be moving the chess pieces and he's the one who's taking accountability for it. So, you know, big on him for for agreeing uh, to doing that, because I think. I think there are other people who would have said, listen, you know, I know we said we were going to talk at halftime, but right now with the team down, I'm not going to do it, but, but kudos to him for sticking through it. But you're right. There was something, in his demeanor, it just felt like a, like I've used this a bunch of times, but it's dead dead man walking. He knew what he was, he was getting into. And we had this conversation, you know, prior to hitting record is, you know, how do you have those conversations? Did he have a conversation with Guillermo where he said, listen, you know, you can't have another loss. If there's another loss, we have to let you go. So maybe he knew, down 3-0, Okay, party's over. Uh, I'm gonna have to fire this guy tomorrow or tonight or whenever they have those conversations. And you can tell that that was probably lingering over his head. Uh, you know that he knew he was gonna have that that dif- that difficult conversation. Uh, yeah, because those those losses can't can't keep adding up. So kudos to him for doing it. But you could tell there was a lot on his mind. And uh, and him being the face of the franchise right now. That's that's part of the territory. But but he's he's living up to it and he's, 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 he's trying to explain as best he can. Um, and I think even in the press conference today, he said it yesterday, he says, you know, you build a relationship, you have these things where you're interacting. I'm sure he was in contact you know during training and running into Guillermo and having those conversations having conversations about bringing players in you develop relationships with these people these like you said these are human beings and and he you know someone who maybe he looked up as a you know a workplace friend you have that friend that uh, person who sits in the cubicle next to you or who you work with and you have those conversations with every day and having to uh, let them go or having to see them get fired it's tough and so uh, you know, maybe that's a good thing about Dennis is he has empathy and you could see that <laughs> in his eyes. You know, I know uh, we're we're projecting a little bit here, but uh, but right. I, I think I think a lot of people saw what we saw.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, I, and I think I said this, that there's very little in Dennis De Close's resume so far as a general manager. To sit there and say that he has no blame in what has happened to the LA Galaxy during his time. Now, some of these things are a little out of because of his control. I mean, I think Hercules Gomez blamed him for for uh, release having to release Giovanni dos Santos, and I'm like, dude, that ain't that ain't Dennis's thing. That was the correct yeah. response to that situation, um, and that was coming in into that situation. That was, hey, you're general manager, and this is the situation that we're dealing with. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is what I, you, I'm not sure you just walked into. Yeah. Yeah this yeah here here you go here's a here's a bad sandwich you have to eat the sandwich now and it's like <laughs> what, what am i supposed to do with this bad sandwich um, i have really, it's really not hard for me to keep a family show sometimes i would just i would just like to point out but yeah um, so you know that's that's one of the things but i mean look at look at the players that he's brought in and look at the players and look at what the team has done under his tenure um, so it's not unreasonable to say that Dennis DeClosa deserves a whole heap of blame we we did the blame pie I gave Dennis a lot of the blame. I gave Guillermo yeah. more, um, because I have yet, I in in all of the games that I watch Guillermo Barra play, um, or or coach, I have yet to see what his style or what his successful style is supposed to be, um, and so. I think that's a that's a problem. I was talking to Jeffrey Carlisle from ESPN who was on the press conference call with Dennis De Closa today, which we'll talk about. We actually have some stuff for that as well. Um, and he was asking me some questions because he knows I, I follow I, I cover the galaxy. And so he was asking me things, he's like, Well, what is Guillermo's style? And I'm like, I don't know. I go, I go we understand like that he likes to have overlapping outside backs. We understand that he likes to press forward. We understand that he is a go for the win type of guy. He's not a guy who draws. Um, I think he has some ridiculously low amount of draws um, in his entire career with the LA Galaxy, and it's a low number. And you understand that. I mean, he has more losses than than wins uh, for the LA Galaxy as well. So you look at that. But where where is the style? And and where was that? Because you could you. It's rare that you ever got to see the LA Galaxy play with really any flair. And when Zlatan was was there last year, it was get the ball to Zlatan. That was the style the LA Galaxy were playing. Get the ball to Zlatan. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, it's not it's not unfair to say that. There's there was not much substance to what Garmel was doing, but you still have to blame Dennis Tacosa because he's part of putting that product on the field. Um, so I think it would be it would be unfair for us not to point out that Dennis Declosa deserves blame for this. But I think that everybody's sort of of the belief that Dennis deserves to get another chance at this, deserves to get another manager, and deserves to get um, another. Um, Another chance, and by the way, Larry Morgan, not on Twitter, just texted me and said six draws. So we got Larry the fact fact checking in the is. background too. So I, I knew Larry would help out. So
2: he's our own political life fact checking with with Larry Morgan, not on Twitter. Um, but but what I was going to say to to your point is, is that Shkoloto and I think it's funny that after he's been fired now is when the rumors start circulating and people start saying what some of the issues were. And one of the issues or knocks on him is that um, he wasn't necessarily coaching the team. He was more managing it. So he wasn't giving direction there or the players didn't really have direction on what to do. He'd set the formation and send the players out, but he wouldn't necessarily coach them uh, and give them direction or coach them up as, as you would say. Um, So I think that could be just a side effect of coming from Boca juniors with talented players and, you know, maybe assuming that they know what to do and maybe the players that he had didn't know, and but he didn't explicitly, explicitly tell them either. Uh, so, so that's where you have the disconnect. And I think this is common when you have people who were star players when they played, uh, and why sometimes star players don't make great coaches is because they assume that everyone knows what the right thing to do is but there's a whole uh, outside of your dps those middle to the bottom of the roster some of those people they're great athletes or they have a lot of upside but they need to be coached up and uh, and told what to do uh, you, you know I've been watching that all or nothing with, with Jose Mourinho and he he's telling you know the players breaking down film telling them which blade of grass they need to be sitting at when you know a player cuts inside and so that's maybe overkill on the other side of it, uh, so so maybe finding that balance, and I think. The one final point that I'll make is maybe there were some signs that we had our blinders on to is when players talked about coming to play for Guillermo berro Coloto, they talked about how he they idolized him because he was a player. They idolized him because, you know, he 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 treated them well. No one ever really talked about he made me a better player or he coached me up or he put me in a position where uh, he made me better. You didn't hear those quotes from the players. And so looking back, in hindsight, it's easy to say now. But when you, you know, it's it's pulling that, the magic eye book back and you say oh well that's right you know no one really said he he coached us up and made us a better team uh you know they they maybe you know went on his history and his legend status uh and the fact that he was successful you know maybe in spite of rather than because of yeah
1: it's uh it, it was a tough ending um, for all that. So the Galaxy end up losing 5-2. Uh, to two. I, I point out they did, you know, Christian Pavone had two goals in this game. Um, he really did fight in that second half, especially to try to get, uh, find space and, and get some goals. Uh, the, uh, the When Sasha Kleshin and Sebastian Legette came in, you know, there was something there. The Galaxy had some momentum for about 15 minutes until the fourth goal was scored, sort of against the run of play. And they had a chance that they all... Yeah,
2: I was gonna say 17 seconds is when they had the momentum, and then <laughs> yeah. after that point.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, but you had you had saves from from Steve Clark on, um, I think on Sebastian Legette's header. I think there was a shot by Pavone that got saved as well. I mean, all of a sudden, the Galaxy, who couldn't put a shot on goal, were putting shots on goal. Um, and so it was it was one of those things to watch and say, okay, you know, something's happening here, and if, you almost wonder what would have happened. I mean, if you know, if Legette's ball goes into the corner, and now it's three two. Are the Galaxy suddenly making this three-three, or does it end the same way? It's one of it's a butterfly thing. You're never going to understand we, that.
2: But we saw we saw this movie at Dignity Health Sports Park. It, they they lose six-four, or they lose five-three. Yeah, okay. yes. yeah, yeah, so we've seen this. They would have scored the goals, but eventually, the, the defense was going to fold. You know, Portland just was was clinical, just like they were when they came to LA. They were clinical at home as well.
1: Yeah. Um, so anyway, five-two uh, loss there uh, for the LA Galaxy. Um, so now we get to the press conference. Why not? Let's talk about the press conference. Cause that was fun. Uh, <laughs> pro- of this. <laughs> it's, it, it's weird. And it wasn't as weird as I thought it was at the time, but now like step back, even just, you know, less than 24 hours. It's like, wow, that was pretty weird. Uh, what happened? Okay. Um, I've never had it happen. Actually, I don't believe I've ever had it happen. Um. So we all the press conferences are done on Zoom calls right now. And hey, that works because I actually get to be uh, in, in the media room for for these away games, which is kind of cool. I get to talk to people. Uh, what you have to understand is that Crosstown Rivals LAFC were also playing a game that night. They were a half an hour behind the start time of the LA Galaxy. They started at 730 and the LA Galaxy started at 7.00. Um, so most of the people who cover in Los Angeles, cover the LA Galaxy in Los Angeles, cover both teams because uh, the major papers are not going to have two separate soccer writers. How how could they ever possibly afford that? So um, so everybody goes over and covers that, which means that whenever you get to the press conference, that of the regulars, I was like, I was I was certainly, I think the most tenured person in terms of the person who's been covering the LA Galaxy the longest on the call. Um, So it was there. So, I was told that I would pretty much have a chance to an- ask a whole bunch of questions. So I literally had four questions ready for Gamer Barra Took him a while to come. That is nothing new because over the last, you know, three or four games, it's taken him forever to show up to the press conference. So I was uh, talking with LA Galaxy PR, going back and forth and saying, hey, when's he coming? So he eventually finally comes. And I was given the, hey, you're going to be first, I'll intro you and then you can go. And it's like, great. And I, so I had my four questions. Uh, I was So uh, Guillermo sits down, and I hear um, I hear them talking real quick, and basically they say they uh, they say to Guillermo, um, hey, you can make your statement, and then we 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 can be done. And I was like, well, that's weird. I wonder what that means. <laughs> like, it just I'm getting yeah. ready for my questions. It so didn't little click. Deal. So right. So one of the PR guys, uh, Chris Glidden, the PR guy, uh, introduced me in and says, you know, now we're gonna start a press conference with Gamer Barra Coloto. First question goes to Josh Gessman. I'm like, great. So I'm rocking and rolling. Here I go. So I asked my first question. So Guillermo sidesteps the question after I'm done and he gives a statement, basically. And his statement was... um, And he tried to sort of answer my question without answering it, which was, I don't really want to sit here and try to dissect what happened tonight because it wasn't great, you know, the whole deal. He goes, but, you know, we have three games left and my focus is basically on those three games and we need to get wins and blah, blah, blah. You know, that that was the gist of it. And then he said it in Spanish and then he got up and he left. And that was the question going, which was, I mean... It was good timing on his part because my second question was what makes you the best person to still be managing the LA Galaxy knowing that you've had the year that you've had, which is, I think, a kind way to ask, but it's a question that needed to be asked. So um, that was my second question. So he dodged that one, which was cool. But it was just weird. And then we got Dan Steres came out and talked and Perry Kitchen came out and talked and they were both pretty dejected, as you would imagine, and tried to answer, I think, questions the best they could. And, you know, it's just sort of, you get the feeling that at this point, all hope is lost. I know they both said that the hope is not lost and they can still do it. And with a new coach, Eric, that might be something that could still, you know, there might be some renewed hope for these last three games. But it was weird that Guillermo basically was like, yeah. I'm done. I, it almost makes me think that he knew he was getting fired or that they told him he was getting fired and to go in and have the press conference.
2: That, that's exactly why I said that about Dennis at halftime, possibly knowing what he had to do. It's uh, you know, reminds me of star Wars. You know, I know what I have to do. I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Uh, so it's, you know, maybe he had those, those conversations with Guillermo where he said, if you lose, we're we're going to, it's going to, it's some your head's going to have to roll. And maybe Guillermo knew that. And he said, well, if, if I'm going to get fired, I'm not going to sit here and answer a bunch of questions about what's going to happen next. So I'm just going to give my statement and I'm going to go because I, I know exactly what's going to happen either tonight or tomorrow. So yeah, it, looking back in hindsight that's what it, it looks like he already knew maybe he wasn't officially told uh before he got on the call and maybe that's why he mentioned that he still had to focus on the three games uh but maybe he he knew he knew without you know explicitly saying it uh but but you're right with the when the other players come out to speak you, you feel it you see you just you know the, the, it seems like they're dejected like they just want the season to be over there it isn't there and, and you know maybe with the new coach with Dom we've seen him work uh, a little bit of magic, although it didn't—it didn't end well. People say, "Well, Dom was able to turn the team around last time he did it, but it didn't end well uh, when when Dom was interim last time." Uh, with the decision day thing. so so technically, with three wins, you still have a chance. But realistically, with who they have on the schedule, i I don't know that those three wins are gonna come, uh, and the players just look like they're they're done for the year. I mean, you see it in the press conference every time these players talk. they're just they just they look defeated. And so that's right. why you, you know a reset needs to happen.
1: All right. We're gonna get to uh, continuing along chronologically. I wanted to get to some other um news and then obviously we could talk about uh guillermo Barros Schelotto. um actually you know what let's save the news for after let's talk about guillermo Barros Schelotto. so today at 2 30 we again we got the press conference and that uh, guillermo Barros Schelotto was fired um along with his coaching staff now it's interesting his coaching staff got fired but dominic Kinnear, who was part of his coaching staff stays along now this is we we've talked about it and you just said it dominic canier second time around it's dom dom here we go again Um, I thought, and I had talked to some people about this, about the possibility of this happening before. And I've always said, you know, and I've said in the podcast too, I always thought Dom might tell him, you know, tell the galaxy to shove it. Right. Because he's like, Hey, uh, you asked me to be the interim last time. And I almost got you into the playoffs. Um, if we would have won the last game, we would have been in the playoffs. Right. That type of thing. He goes, and then you said you, you were going to consider me for the, for the position and it didn't, it, nothing happened. Um, and I didn't get it. And so now, I again, I was agreed to be an assistant coach and, and do the whole thing. By the way, two-time MLS Cup winner, um, Dominic Kinnear. Uh, this is this guy is a storied uh, fourth all-time winningest MLS coach, Dominic Kinnear. Uh, this is a guy who, who has the pedigree and the history to be able to run something like the LA Galaxy. And it wouldn't be outside of a range. I, I know it's not the sexy pick that everybody wants. But you can't say he's not qualified for it. Um, you can't say that, you know, anything, you know, I would take Dave Serekin if he wanted to come back and, and, and coach this team right now. If Dave Serekin says I'm the coach, I'm like, yeah, Dave, you're the coach. Here you go, coach. Um, mm-hmm. and it's the same with Dominic Kinnear. If he wants to coach this team, he should be able to do it. So I didn't know if he would take it because last time he didn't get the job. But as somebody pointed out, it's a pretty big job to be asked to be the interim coach. Yeah. And so maybe this is his last chance at really getting that shot.
2: Yeah. And I think maybe, maybe he will tell the galaxy to kick rocks in, in three games. But I think, um, we know he's had interviews, I believe it was at Cincinnati. Uh, we, he, like you said, he's a, he's a well-known MLS quantity. So I think in three games, he, he has, you know, Real Salt Lake on the schedule. He has Vancouver on the schedule. It's possible that he could, you know, use this as a bargaining chip to wherever he wants to interview next and say, listen, I took this Galaxy team who was in last place and had no hope and I got two wins out of their last three. Uh, so that shows you what I'm able to do. So this is like a, it's almost, a resume builder for him. So I, I could see why he'd want to do it as well uh, to, as a chance to, you know, pad that resume. But I, I don't think I expect him to be back next season with whatever changes. It seems like he was kept on the staff for this exact purpose uh, because he was a Siggy, a Siggy hire, correct? Or he came on at the same time. Uh,
1: yeah. I know. Uh, yeah. That's uh, the, I'm trying to
2: remember exactly or a little bit after. Yeah. No, he came on, he came on with, no, cause at the he same was, time. where was he? I think Siggy because... and him came as a package deal.
1: I, I could have swore that he stayed on with Siggy and then like, he, it was like he was in some sort of transition between an Like there was a thing there that happened, but um, you might be right. It okay. might've come at the same time. I can't, I don't hundred percent remember, but I remember something of the fact where we're like, well, Dom, are you here? Don't you want a head coach job? Like why, yeah. why would you be an assistant was, for, for Siggy Schmidt? It right? was odd. Um,
2: it was odd yeah. to have him as an assistant. And that's why I think when Siggy got let go, it was an easy thing to say, well, he's stepping in. And I think when Guillermo was brought in, if things went sideways, you had, the fourth winning right. MLS manager in right. on the bench, ready to go and waiting. And so he, he's filling his purpose. He, he's when the manager gets fired, this is exactly why, why they kept him on staff. So we'll see. Uh, I think that was actually you know, Kevin Baxter's first question is will uh, you know, will Dom get a chance to interview for the job, which, you know, interesting timing for the first question, but, but shout out to the Panda there uh, because you're right. If, if he's able to turn things around, you know, wh- why not?
1: Yeah, um, and by the way, they're saying uh, in the chat room that Siggy asked him to come in, so he was uh, was with Siggy on that. Okay. Um, so you were correct. I was wrong. What, what do you know? Um, I, I've told this story many times, but Dominic Kinnear is, holds a very distinct um, uh, uh, award in my heart for the LA Galaxy coach I've almost hit in the Staples Center uh, parking garage more than once. Um, so uh, he's he just always seems to be around whenever I'm pulling around corners and stuff like that, and he is um one of the most wonderful people to talk to uh, about soccer and the knowledge of the game, and he always has time for everybody. It's, I mean, you know, I like him, so I'm gonna you know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably be in his corner for him getting more than just a passing look at this. But even if it's just for the next three games, I look forward to those interactions because I think you're gonna get an honest assessment of what he sees and how it goes. And um, I will never forget that when the Galaxy lost that last game, um and uh, whenever he was in charge and they just, they missed the playoffs and the whole deal. And I remember, I think I got the first question to Dom that night and I asked him, I go, you know, can you put any of this in per- into perspective that you did so well leading up to this game? And then you, I, I know you lost this game, but there, there has to be some sort of accomplishment that you feel for this. And he's like, man, he goes, you're asking me to try to put things in perspective right now. And we just lost the game to try to get into the playoffs. He goes, I'm just thinking about that. That's, that's the honest answer and I get it. Yeah. And that's what you can get with with Dominic Kinnear. So. Um, having him there now, the coaching staff is gone. So Dom doesn't. And you already pointed it out. We talked about it in, in the press conference, which we're going to cover next. Um, the, the press conference part of this um, is that they don't have a staff for, for Dominic Kinnear yet. So they, if they you want to be on South Dominic Kinnear's, Yeah, I was going to say. So what you guys don't know is they reached out to Eric and I and we're going to be on the bench <laughs> for, for Dominic Breaking Kinnear. News. Breaking news. Just wanted to tell you how how that was going to go. Um, Eric's Eric's going to be the 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 towel guy, um, and then I'm going to be assistant coach. So we it was it was put in by levels of seniority um, on the podcast. So um, we we're, we're. I don't think you would even care, would you? Would you care? No, I'd love to no, be the so. towel guy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know you know uh, how I, good my TikToks could be if I could have access to the towels.
1: Um, it, it's funny that uh, it reminded me way back in the day, probably in 2000. Ten, maybe 2010. I got to be on the stretcher crew for a game. Did you? Did I ever tell that story? I've told that story, no. right? During a LA Galaxy. I heard it. Okay, during an LA Galaxy Chivas USA. This was before I was in doing reporting or anything like that. Um, I got contacted and was asked to be on the stretcher crew for a game. I was on the field at you know what was it? The Home Depot Center at the time uh, during an LA Galaxy Chivas USA rivalry game. Uh, when somebody got injured, and then they like pushed us off on the other side, and we had to walk all the way back around as the game was going on. It was a great time. They should never let people yeah. do that, that aren't I trained think, for that. That's a that's a bad idea. Um, I think all my, right.
2: Mike Araujo Mike Raho has a similar story, and and he he'll fact check us because I know he listens. I think you know in the Rose Bowl days with with the Galaxy, he was like a volunteer handing out T-shirts or something, and you know he got called up to the somehow he ended up in in the announce booth or and they heard his his voice, and then he ended up kind of being the backup announce guy, and then now he's the voice of of, of the Galaxy and the Angels. So uh, yeah, kind of you got to be at the right place at the right time.
1: Yep. Uh, it is, uh, it, it's one of those, it's always, always fun stuff. All right. Uh, let's go. I think we go to the press conference. You want to talk a little bit about the press conference? All I'd right. love to. Um, yeah, I know. And you were on the call there. There were about 75, no 78 people at the peak there, um, on this, uh, this conference call. So, um, I think what we'll do is we have some videos, so we'll start rolling those and then we'll, we'll, we'll play the clips, Eric, and you and I can sort of, um, react to those and sort of talk about them. We'll try to keep it short because I got about seven minutes of Dennis to close to talking, but I think it's better to use his words. Um, then our words on this, and we can just try to fill in any of the blanks. So uh, here we go, uh, Dennis De Closa, uh at his press conference earlier this afternoon, so it was about 3 p.m. Uh, is when the press conference started uh, talking about the firing of gamma Barish Koloto
3: I first wanted to lay out that obviously this is a very sad time and a difficult time uh, also um, when... Uh, Kevin, I'm going to go a little bit beyond your question, but I'll answer your questions right now. Uh, in in a project that started two years ago uh, with Guillermo, with a lot of things that can be seen as positives last year, uh, we haven't been able to capitalize uh, this year. With the goals being set out in the beginning of the year, we ended up a point that this is obviously a very sad day. Um, doesn't take away responsibility from everybody, nor my responsibility. And that's the at least the opening remarks that I wanted to say, Kevin, if you if you don't mind. Um, In case of of Dominic, I think uh, we'll take it uh, step by step, which I think in this year is uh, the most sensitive thing uh, we can do and what we've learned and Let's work uh, as, a, as an organisation, as a family and as a, um, as a group. We'll work together to uh, Sunday's game and we'll take it step by step before drawing any conclusions on uh, candidacy or how we go forward.
1: All right, so uh, a little bit of uh of Dennis, there just sort of trying to set the stage for us and and everything. That was Kevin Baxter I had the first question, then Dennis obviously had an opening statement on that. They should always let those guys just do an opening statement that so way. They don't have to talk around your first yeah. question in order to. That's whenever I'm in charge of everything, I will I will make that happen next time. Uh, we'll we'll listen we'll see what as we can do.
2: as as the tell guy. I'll I'll put in a good word for you
1: yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um so so that's a little, just a little bit of setting it and talking about Dominic Neer and whether or not he'd be considered for it, um, which is is an interesting question. I just I agree with with Dennis. it's it's not the time to figure that out. figure that out in the offseason. all right. Let's go to uh, to the next clip that we have.
3: Uh, with the roster freeze and and obviously uh, the challenges uh, internationally and nationally to bring in players under quarantine rules. Uh, we'd like to focus on the upcoming games, support, DOM, uh, and everybody around the team, the players, as much as possible, uh, to, to make it three highly positive games and, and something that our fan base and everybody within the organisation can be proud of. And then we'll assess and evaluate any steps forward. And like you said, there is no uh, secret that defensively uh, we haven't been able to... Uh, uh to perform and but it's sometimes it's not only on on defenders it depends also on uh, on other things and and goes into a way of how you how you style up your team also and and prepare technically
0: all
1: right so so Dennis uh talking about the defense there and, and just asking you know we, we've talked about this eric covid 19 has put a hamper on what Dennis telossa and what gamma bearcola wanted to do they wanted to bring in more players uh this off season. it's just uh, one, money, I think, is a, is a question mark right now with AEG. Um, and two, uh, just trying to get the proper paperwork. I mean, you saw how long it took Yoni Gonzalez to get into the uh, into this. And what is today? It is the 29th. So I, I believe, correctly, the transfer window closed today, um, That there's that, that it's dead. Yeah. So transfer window is well, dead and the rosters are frozen
2: yeah we knew no one else was going to come at this point especially and and I don't know what one player or two players you could bring in that's going to fix the mess they're in right now but but I don't I don't think he gets he's he's made a point of saying this and every everywhere he goes is that with the restrictions of, of COVID-19 and all this uh, that's a, a reason why he hasn't been able to bring maybe the players that they've wanted but it's also a signal that this team wasn't constructed uh you know, appropriately at the start of the season. You know, he did have an off season. He did have last season uh, with the opportunity to bring players in during those transfer windows, and uh, very few players were brought in during during those windows. So, um, I think I think the the only other pass you might give them is is with Alexander Katai. You know, how long ago was that? You know, it feels like two years Bros. ago. Three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was something out of his his hands that you know you weren't able to to fill someone at that position who maybe could have been a contributor uh, to this, to this team. So maybe that's the one pass you get, but the, as far as bringing other players in, they had a lot of opportunities to bring players in prior to the, to the pandemic and everything being shut down and they weren't brought in. So uh, I understand what he's saying. It's difficult to fix the mess now, but I think it, it, that, you know, it wasn't set up uh, great to begin with. And I think that's, that's not, you have to count that mark against them.
1: Yeah. And by the way, uh, John, uh, John in the chat room says that, uh, you know, did other MLS teams have much transfer window? move? There wasn't it wasn't super busy this summer Not much. And and to to sort of counter your point is the summer really is uh, in the global yeah. game. The summer is when players move. Right. And the winter is sort of the secondary transfer window. It's flip flopped to Major League Soccer. So um, usually we see a little more movement in the winter. But that summer window is when you bring in. I'm waiting for it. Go ahead
2: i would say yeah, but still, but at the same okay. time, those are your big like DP like a Tweety, Tweedy the uh, you know Higuain. Uh, Higuain. Th- those mm-hmm. are big signing the Galaxy didn't have room to bring in someone like that for the summer correct. yeah but still correct no
1: yeah yeah but still um, if you go to the the defense by the way. Uh, offense. Uh, let's see. Uh, I did. I did the projections right uh, of thirty-four games. In order, I need to project the goals that the Galaxy are giving up and scoring through thirty-four games because otherwise we can't really connect it to the past years as e- as easily or readily. Because the Galaxy are going to play twenty-two games this year, um, which by the way, it feels like there are more games this year than there have ever been any other year, and I'm like <laughs> exhausted. But they're they're not even close. Uh, whenever you look at it, um, so right now the LA Galaxy are on pace uh, in a thirty-four game season. To give up 73.4 goals, I would like to point out um, that That'd no time uh, it it, w- it would be uh, a record. Uh, they gave up 67 in 2017. They gave up 62 in 2008, 64 in 2018, in 2019. It was 59. They will. They're on pace to give up 74. Uh, so it would be a new record. On the flip side of that, as much as we can say, God, this defense sucks. The offense sucks too. Um, and right game. now, yeah, and right now the offensive goals projected to uh, to be scored by the LA Galaxy in a 34 game season is 42.9, so 43 goals. Uh, 43 goals is second lowest in Galaxy history. 35 in 2003. You have some 44 in 2002, wow. 2005 is 44, um, 36 in 2009. Um, by the way, a year that they went to MLS Cup. Uh, so if you want to stick strong, that one in here, yep. With a strong, strong defense,
2: defense. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
1: That year, uh, and well, so so that not as good as you think it is. I mean, yes, they are. They had a positive goal differential, which says something about them, right? But it was a yes. thirty-one. They gave up thirty-one, and they scored thirty-six. So they were plus five on the goal differential. Uh, yeah. Whenever you did it, so you're right. It was it was a little bit of a quieter um, LA Galaxy. There. During 2010 and 2011, the LA Galaxy gave up 26 goals and 28 goals, by the way, just in case you wanted to put the 74 into context of where they are. So uh, anyway, no, there's, there's lots of things that need to be fixed. Let's continue on with, uh, with uh, Dennis DeCloso here.
3: First of all, that it is very challenging to, to find the right moment. And, and out of respect and circumstances and everything that we're going through, uh, our our intent was to support and to, to surround Guillermo with the best possible tools for him to perform and and I must say that that uh, how we ended up this year after our first year ending up in the playoffs winning our game in the playoffs obviously with a great inter in individual performance uh, of certain players and one of them obviously slatan uh, uh, the idea and the goals of the organization and, and of the club were to capitalize on that this year with uh, younger players that had a little bit more experience with uh, more players according to the, the, the likes and the style of, of, of Guillermo and as you've seen and, and we've, we've started off the beginning of the year very rough uh, in, in Houston with a difficult game but uh, still we get a result then it was a disappointing game at home and then uh like everybody knows and and, and there's no way even being close to an excuse that the pandemic hit and then we've been up and down as a as a roller coaster
1: yeah. So talking about the right time to uh, to fire gamma Barashkloto and and uh, you know uh, I know Larry on uh, Larry Morgan not on Twitter was texting me and says you know he looks tired Dennis looks tired and you could imagine that <laughs> it hasn't been uh, a, a great time to sort of look at this but yeah I mean. That was going to be my question. Damian Calhoun ended up asking that. Um, one of my buddies uh, who covers the LA Galaxy. Damian asked that question. And it was sort of like, that was my question. What, how, why now? I mean, you had a chance to do it after Orlando. You could have done it after Orlando. Um, yeah. You know, you lose, you, you lose lopsidedly to, to LAFC in that game. Uh, you could have easily said that that was the time to pull it. But then there's a four-game winning streak. Um, that sort of gets put in there and all of a sudden there's hope and belief. And it's so funny because I remember going back to that pumping the brakes on this and saying, Hey, hold on, let's wait to see what they really are, which is not, but it's not like I had a premonition of anything. It's not like I understood, you know, really what was going on, but it was, you have to sit there, um, and say, um, you know, what are we actually seeing? And if you looked at the expected goals, remember the other guys who were outscoring their expected goals, you were going to say that I'm a-
2: I'm I'm going to drink just because I knew you looked at the XG and that's why you warned us. So keep going. Yeah. XG yes. told us that those wins weren't as lopsided and they weren't uh, maybe dominating victories. Like uh, even though the scores on some of them looked like they were dominating, they weren't dominating victories. It's they, they made the most, uh, you know, limited goals expected, but they, they made it happen. You know, they, yeah. it wasn't likely, wasn't high percentage, but they made it work. So I'm going to drink for you bringing up XG again. Well done
1: that, as expected. That's good. As expected. Um, and by the way, somebody in the in the Discord also pointed out, I think it was Ramiro in the Discord, that at the same time, the teams that that the Galaxy were playing against were underperforming on their XG. So like they yes. had an XG of two, and they only scored one goal. And the Galaxy had an XG of 1.5, and they scored three goals, right? And it's just like yeah. one of those weird things where you're like, okay, the Galaxy took low percentage shots, but they went in. Um, I think Chris Tucker said, uh, for four games, Sebastian Lejet played like Christian Pulisic. And I was, yeah. I was cracking up. I, I go, yeah, you're that's, right. You know, it, it's, it's, it's all good. It's all good. By the way, Irvin wants to know if you got another pumpkin latte.
2: No, I went much like, uh, you know, the galaxy's performance. I went much more bitter this time. So it wasn't feeling, uh, sweet for sweet for the night. Went a little okay, darker. I just
1: want a little darker. All right. I understand. Um, so anyway, so, so that's it. Let's, let's keep rolling with Guillermo. Cause you know, this show's going to go on for three hours tonight. If we don't Dennis or Guillermo Dennis.
3: Well, the, the difficulty is, and, and goes a little bit with the, the last question, is, is the, the, the timing or or anything. And I don't think, first of all, there's a good time for, for something like this uh, ever. I do think that uh, the message is that uh, this club takes high pride in their fans, what they expect from the team. We're very, very uh, aware of the underperformance of this year so far. Uh, with a, a clear sense of, of responsibility. Uh, as I also stated uh, last night in, in, in the half-time talk in, uh, during our game, uh, with too many games that obviously don't represent what the fans expect from us. And uh, a sad uh, day, to be honest, to, to end this uh, relation. And uh, uh, hopefully uh, we end up on a note that at least the the upcoming games fans uh, see pride and, and see the fighting spirit that uh, as a minimum requirement should be in our team.
1: All right, we'll, we'll keep rolling through this. I, I, again, I, I want to get to one more. There's, I, it's coming up soon. It's about Chicharito. And so if we make it to that one, um, we're going to go. So keep it rolling.
3: There's not been any decisions made on the coaching staff. That's where we're going to decide in the afternoon and, and speak to Dom and give him Obviously, support and authority on that. Um, and yeah, that is basically... Uh, basic.
1: No, there was, there was go. So yeah, yeah, I
3: think at the moment, with a, such a short time spent to, to turn things over, to even achieve something, uh, play again on Sunday, I think he's uh, close to the players' group. The players really and truly respect him as a highly qualified manager in this league. And with full knowledge of the entire group and, and uh, the authority to take his best decisions in the upcoming three games.
1: Just, just quickly, that was about uh, Dennis was talking about the support uh, basically that they were giving to to, to Dominic Kinnear um, and why they thought he was in. So that that respect is he thinks that the players uh, respect Dom. All right, keep it rolling.
3: Well, I, I do think, like anybody in our organization, we're always on under constant, constant evaluation. There's no, uh, there's no secret about anything. And if the results are are not good, and then the results uh, haven't been good, or even close to being good, that is obviously uh, of a worry. And I want to be very respectful to a highly recognized manager as as Guillermo, who had a uh, great result at both Lanús in Argentina and great results at Boca Juniors which is an enormous club in Argentina and as a former player uh, having reached the highest uh, possible in this league so i think uh, the think process and and the time uh, has been obviously to to give as much support and as give as much uh, uh opportunities as as possible but at some point it is uh, difficult, and it sounds as a cliche, but then the results uh, obviously are part of uh, uh, an evaluation.
1: All right, and we'll we'll keep rolling. I know th- I know Chicharito's up here soon. It's it's important.
3: Well, I think uh, Javier obviously in this year, uh, with all the excitement at the beginning of the year, uh, both from his side, from our side, and from everybody responsible within this club. We haven't been able to connect him to his full potential. Um, now, obviously, with the challenges that we've, uh, we've gone through the entire year, it made it a, a very challenging year. His personal challenges uh, obviously didn't help at all. And now we ended up in a situation that we have to go forward and we have to look forward also in, um, in first of all, representing the club in our best way possible, including Javier. And any decisions and in anything that goes forward, uh, I think uh, in its time due, we'll uh, we'll assess it in the right way.
0: All right,
1: so so let's let's separate this right here because this is we're gonna end it with that one because that was the important one. They asked him about Chicharito and if they he saw him on the team next year. Eric, if you're going to answer that question, the first and and you're going to be definitive about it right the first yeah. thing you say is yes yes of course if, if you ask me that yeah, question i know chicharito is going to be here i'm going to say yes of course and he did not say yes of course yeah. during any of that
2: that's where you you and i texted each other immediately after this question and i know that's why you're 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 rolling the clips until we got there but you're right the, Dennis, with how professional he is, and always says all the right things, you you just kind of you almost get a feel you know exactly what he's going to say, and you know be a pro and say the right things. So when you get a question that says, "Are there plans to have Javier Chicharito Hernandez in the in the on this team next year?" I'm I'm just in my head already playing Dennis saying, Oh, absolutely. He's absolutely going to be with this team. We have big plans for him. We want him, you know, that, that was the answer I was expecting. So to hear him, you know, say we're going to assess it and that, you know, he hasn't been reaching his full potential. I, I, I it was honest and I, and I appreciate that, but it, it was not what I was expecting.
1: Yeah. It, it was not what I was expecting either. Um, it's just it's just interesting. Um and, and by the way, a lot of people pulled on to held on to this line, which is, you know, haven't been able to connect him to his full potential. I think that was the one that got tweeted out more than anything. And my tweet was yeah. he didn't say that. Now, it seems that in Spanish he was a little more definitive in that because I've seen some translations of that and he you know, he talked Chicharudo up a lot more I think in Spanish uh, and it feels like he's leaning more towards just saying yes like whenever we yes. were talking last time um, but he talks about his personal challenges as well I'm like is that his injuries is that it like there's so many shades of the gray goals. yeah yeah it's the it's the I goals yeah. It's is being it, un- is,
2: uh, yeah being unable to score.
1: You think that's his personal challenge? I think that's a that's a that's a playing challenge. I think his personal challenge is his attitude, if you want to make it that. Uh, his injuries a are a personal challenge, right? Like if you want to make maybe it he that, knows about
2: maybe he knows some off field things that are happening with him that maybe are affecting his life.
1: Maybe I don't maybe know how Dennis, close he, he can. yeah, maybe maybe Dennis is is you know follows him on Twitch. Maybe that's what it is. Um, by the way, uh, <laughs> somebody coined the term Twitcherito, and it it's not yeah. okay that's not something you should be using to bully him but it's funny and i can i but can appreciate funny
2: it, we've let's just ha- let's have this conversation cuz I, I think i've i've had this conversation basically every text thread that i'm on but with twitch and with instagram and all these things it shouldn't matter none of that should matter when things are going right on the field but when things are going wrong on the field that's where it becomes bad it's, it's bad optics and that and that's where you have to say something so uh, chicharito being on twitch in if, Itself should not be a problem. He should be able to play twitch every night if he wants to he should be able to stream every night if he wants to But when you're not scoring goals and there's rumors about your injury and there's rumors about you not being a good teammate It's just not the best thing to be promoting that when the on the play on the field isn't working Someone also pointed out Zlatan streamed playing Fortnite when he was here But Zlatan was setting records for scoring the most goals in LA galaxy season So he could have he could have twitched at my house uh, While I was trying to eat dinner and sleep and I would have been okay with it with all the goals uh, uh, he he was bringing. So you, you get certain leeways when things are going a certain way on the field. And when it's not, it's fair to try to call those things out. Because when it affects your on the job performance, that's where you ask questions. You and I, we have day jobs, uh, you know, and we podcast at night. If it affected our job, then we'd have to take a look in the mirror and say, okay, maybe what we're doing is having a negative impact. <laughs> You're going to stay real quiet about that one. Uh, and I'm going to say, let's stay not quiet point about that, that as out. well.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's let's but, not let's but not to that highlight point, that to- specific thing.
2: <laughs> we haven't done enough to be fired just yet. That's my oh, yeah. point is at a certain point you have to say, let me pull back and look at my priorities. Cause if the thing that's bringing my paycheck and, and making, making my living isn't working, then I need to make that my focus. And I think that's fair for fans to, to call out and say, yeah, we can let them play. But if, if fans are upset with the optics of it and they're not posting on Instagram, that's fair too. I, I think it's fair to call that out. It's all related.
1: Uh, it's, uh, it, Zlatan could have slapped a toddler for stepping on his shoe, and we've been <laughs> like, yeah, but he scores goals. I mean, the dude scores goals, so you know, whatever he wants to do in his in his off time, that's that's fine. Uh, yeah, and and it's important to sort of look at that. So, I mean, that ends our day with gamer Schekeloto gone, his coaching staff gone. Um, those guys apparently Schekeloto still owed a million dollars now. Uh, somebody said, "Hey, you should get rid of Chicharito and not fire GBS." And I said, "Well, that's a money decision. Whenever you think about it, because if you get rid of Chicharito and you write that contract off right now, you paid him five million ish. Uh, again, I think it's less because of COVID, but five million ish this year in salary. You paid ten million roughly in transfer fee. He has five million plus five million left. Five million a year plus bonuses. He's not going to get the bonuses, so you owe him ten plus million dollars. Still, that's a tough check to write. Um, now, I'll say this." Uh, they did it with Giovanni dos Santos, right? And they wrote off the the last uh, whatever five five million, six million, no, uh, it, four million, three million, something like
2: that. But it was, but it was also after after three years or two full seasons with the team, and you know he had kind of worn out his welcome at that point. Chicharito, COVID season, shortened season, things haven't gone well. But I don't think, uh, <laughs> I mean, depending on who you ask, I don't think he's worn out his welcome completely yet. Uh, and I think that's why you can't write that check. And it'd be more than what they paid. Giovanni to get rid of him, but you're right. It's easier to get rid of the $1 million problem than the, the 10 plus million ten, dollar problem,
1: 10 plus million dollar problem. Well, and, and here's the thing I was going to bring up about Giovanni dos Santos is when you got rid of Giovanni dos Santos, yes, you took the write off. You also sold him eventually to, um, to America, right. Um, uh, where he's playing. Um, and, and, he, and because, because of that, you got money back. So how much did they actually lose on that deal? It wasn't as much as the full contract.
2: And the other important part of that is it opened up a DP slot, so you can keep Zlatan. So you don't forget that you were able to sign Zlatan for one and a half million dollars. And so if you look at that, where you say you know you cheat and you say that six million was back back dues for the Zlatan season pri- previously, then it's seven and a half million, sense. and then I believe and, and another seven million the season after that. It's all relative, and it kind of works itself out.
1: It was, uh, it was it was it's an interesting little conundrum that, that everything gets put into um, the other galaxy now have a game against Real Salt Lake coming up on Sunday. Um, so we'll, we'll get right. you there. And yeah, I know I'm, I'm going to be there and everything. Uh, it's probably going to be my <laughs> last home game uh, of this season. Um, unless the Galaxy somehow scratched their way into playoffs, which is not happening, uh, they have to win all three games, and then they need help after that in order to do it. So it's no longer within their hands. Just to give you an idea of where it was. Um, quick update: the gal. You know, we talked about the Galaxy not paying for Christian Pavone. I want to add that it seems unlikely that that's going to happen. We knew that. Uh, we talked about that on Monday. But to Close is still leaving the door open about for signing Christian Pavone. He's still saying. Maybe we have, maybe we can negotiate because that 20 million was pre-COVID, and I'm not paying COVID price. I'm not paying pre-COVID prices during COVID. You know, it's like it's like a sale price, the you know type of thing. It's it, the sale's on now. I'm not going to pay for it because you know earlier. So, um, so that's to closest stance on this is that you listen. I still think there's like less than 10% chance. Whenever you really look at it, and with Gamma bearish to yeah. gone, maybe even less of a reason for for Christian Pavone to stay, Eric.
2: Yeah, and if you if you read Instagram posts, then that's the thing. like I do. Pavone posted immediately, like a, a post of him looking pensively off into the distance. Uh, you know, five minutes after Guillermo's uh, firing was announced. So read into that what you will. But I think I think Dennis's comments. I read him a little bit differently. He he just mentioned how he's a talented player and that you know the season's not over yet. He still has time to play. That he, there's three games left. He's not going to say you know we're we're waving goodbye to to Pavone. He's still going to say the right thing. Uh, and say you know we're going to explore options, but I think it's a done deal. They've already let Boca know they're not paying the 20 million. I don't know how much time they have uh, to negotiate, especially with rumors coming out that Boca can make him eligible uh, w- once he comes back, because it's technically a loan deal. It sounds like those things are more in the works than a contract negotiation with the Galaxy.
1: Yeah, uh, it's a it's an interesting one. So uh, we'll see how uh, how that all goes in um, onto how however uh, that ends up. Oh, it's been a long day. Um, Let's see. Uh, MLS announced today. Yeah, uh, points per game. I was going to say MLS announced today that the overall standings um, read Supporter Shield. uh, But that the overall standings in the league will be determined by points per game that's on both sides of the conferences. The Eastern Conference is on pace to play all their games. The Western Conference, because of Colorado, is not. Uh, We said the LA Galaxy will not be replaying their game or making up that game against Colorado, so they're going to finish with 22 games, not 23. Uh, Colorado, I think, is short five or four games um, in this. So, you know, they're going to finish with 19 or 18 games. Um, And right now they sit above the LA galaxy and they sit in a playoff position with their points per game, which I already argued a whole bunch about as well. Um, so if you look at the standings right now, the LA Galaxy, still at the bottom of the list uh, in 12th. I was I made a joke on our Discord. I said, see, with points per game, the LA Galaxy actually stayed in the exact same spot. They're still in last. Uh, <laughs> but .95 brings them a little bit closer to Houston. Um, and it's uh, it's not that far off. It, I don't know how it works. Having one less game uh, for points per game means that each win counts for more than somebody who had played 23 games, which isn't exactly fair, but it's a higher percentage point whenever it's uh whenever you look at it. So the chances of the LA Galaxy jumping into a points-per-game playoff spot may be a little different than if it's just straight points. I haven't done the math on it yet, but yep. it seems likely that it's... I just did the math. What, yeah, what is it?
2: <laughs> so if they win their what? next games, their next three right. games, it'll put them at 1.227 uh, points per game. And so... I noticed some people pointing out, well, that's not enough to jump Colorado, but you have to remember if Colorado loses their points per game percentage drops. So that's why they need help from others. So winning as things stand, if Colorado gets COVID cases, and they don't play any more games, the Galaxy can win out and they still won't jump Colorado and they won't be able to claim a playoff slot. But if Colorado loses, uh, and obviously RSL and Vancouver are teams they play, so they'd win and knock down those point percentages. So best possible win percent, points per game percentage for the Galaxy, 1.22, which could get them in that eighth spot given that Colorado loses a few games.
1: And you'd have to make sure that Vancouver didn't jump up there and Real Salt Lake didn't jump up there. You get to play two well, of those they play times. them. So you... Yeah, they, they, they will. So the, them. Yeah. Yeah. So they wouldn't get those points. But but yeah, no. I, it's I understand what you're saying. I got it. Math. It's hard, especially at this. Um. By the way, uh, Joe was asking in the chat room if you're drinking decaf and if not, um, how do you sleep at night? And I think it's cute that I you don't. guys think that like I sleep at night <laughs> after this. That's come on. I'm up till like 1130, 1230 on, on recording nights for sure. Um, and that was when it was at seven. And now we do it at eight. And it's wow, I'm, yeah. I'm really awake. Um, So anyway, so that's where it stands. Uh, The one thing on the supporter shield side of things is that the LA Galaxy stay above the bottom two spots. So they actually jump above, uh, I think Atlanta United, uh, who has one more point than them, but the LA Galaxy on points per game are 0.95. So the Galaxy in 24th place and not 25th place uh, whenever you go points per game. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about MLS is that they announced uh, the end of season award nominees, which is hysterical that there are any LA Galaxy players on any of these, except that uh, Julian Araujo is now nominated for three MLS awards. He's he's award or he's nominated for Young Player of the Year award. He won't win that. Um, he's nominated for Defender of the Year Award. He won't win that. Uh, but he is nominated for Humanitarian of the Year Award, and that's the best chance the LA Galaxy have of winning an award is Julian Araujo and his work uh, with the farm workers up in Lompoc. So um, we'll see if if that comes through. Uh, Christian Pavone nominated for the Land and Donovan MLS MVP Award. He won't win that. Uh, Emiliano Insua uh, was nominated for two Defender of the Year Award. He won't win that. And MLS Newcomer of the Year Award. He won't win that. Uh, and then F. Ryan Alvarez was nominated as young player of the year award and he won't win that. So those were the awards. I wanted to point out that teams, <laughs> teams nominate these people. That's why you that's, see some of these. I mean,
2: that's what I yeah. suspected. That's what I suspected. Yeah. Cause there are some people saying, what stats are they looking at? But I think the gal, each team needs to submit a list to say, this is who we're putting forward. And that's why you're, you're totally <laughs> right to say they're not going to win it. Uh, I think, no. you know, you could look at, the team has their own yearly awards, and I think you know uh, Arajo is a lock for humanitarian humanitarian of the year for the Galaxy, and then uh, defender you know, of possibly defender, possibly defender of the year. He- he's he's a lock in there. Pavone's going to be the league, of the Galaxy's MVP. So th- 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 yeah. that tells you who's going to be the Galaxy award winners. But given how you know you're not going to give the last place team an MVP award or best young player, Efrain I don't think even has enough minutes. I don't, I don't know how that how that works out. Uh, but yeah, uh, enjoy it. Marketing. Enjoy the nomination. Marketing. That's it's just happy that, that's, to be here. <laughs>
1: that's, yeah. I'm I'm just happy to be here. Um, it's an it, honor it, to be nominated. Some of, some of these lists, like the MVP award, it's there's 50 players on that list. All right. So don't, it's nothing special. And I think Pavone is probably in the top 50, like the top, top 25 of those 50. But at one point I considered him MVP, um, you know, uh, easily an MVP contender. Um, but that was during the four game winning streak. Then everything fell apart. So four never mind. Stretch, yep. Yep, that was it. So uh, that's where it goes. Uh, The LA Galaxy have, uh, again, three games left. Sunday, November 1st against Real Salt Lake. Um, Then you have uh, home against uh, Seattle midweek, Wednesday, November 4th. 8 p.m. kickoff time. That is a nationally televised game now. Um, so make sure you get that one. That one will be on Unamos and TUDN USA and of course Twitter. So you can watch it on Twitter. Um, and then Sunday, November 8th, they wrap it up and that is decision day. MLS announced no games after decision day. Everything ends on November 8th and they're done. Uh, the LA galaxy go to away, go away to wait. What did you call? What did you call Portland? Whenever you're playing Vancouver, Vancouver, that's right. Poor Vancouver, Pork-c- uh, Yeah. Yeah, Port Coover will uh, will will be where the LA Galaxy will head to play the Vancouver Whitecaps in Portland, um, on the turf there. So uh, that's what you have. Let's uh let's wrap the show up now with a just a little preview of of what's going to happen uh, with RSL. Uh, Eric, this game is uh, is an interesting one. It is a Time Warner, uh, Time Warner. So, so I'm getting old. Spectrum, Spectrum. Sportsnet. Yeah, Spectrum <laughs> Sportsnet game uh, kicks off at 7:30 p.m. Pacific time, um, and so it's going to be, uh, you know, the one of the last times the LA Galaxy get a home game on the weekend, and one of your last games, I think, on Spectrum. Although probably the the Port Coover game is also on Spectrum, as I'm looking at the uh, the. Uh, The schedule as well. So uh, the LA Galaxy wrapping this up. RSL currently sits in 10th spot uh, whenever you go by the uh, points per game that they're going with. Uh, They sit about three points uh, above the LA Galaxy right now. They're at 1.1 points per game. The LA Galaxy at 0.95 points per game. So if you're talking about um, you know, a game the LA Galaxy should win, this is probably one of those games. Uh, Real Salt Lake on the road, one, four, and three, only one win all year on the road uh, for this Real Salt Lake team that has struggled um, a minus 17 goal differential. Uh, they have scored the same amount of goals as the LA Galaxy, but they've given up 10 less. Um, so in terms of equality, this is a team that very much feels the equal of the LA Galaxy, and you'd hope maybe that the home advantage yeah. there, Eric, would, would lift them through.
2: Yeah, I think uh, if you look at 538, they're still giving, even though the Galaxy are in last place, they're still giving them the advantage. They have a 47% chance to win. RSL with a 28% chance to win and then a 25% uh, quarter of a chance to draw there. But you're right. With RSL, this is a very winnable game for the Galaxy, especially when you look at the teams that have traveled to to the Galaxy. It's uh, Portland, San Jose, Seattle, uh, LAFC. Those trips aren't, aren't that long uh, from Salt Lake. That's a longer road trip, so you have to capitalize on the team that's probably going to be a little bit more fatigued from the trip than maybe some of the other teams you've played earlier in this season. Like like a San Jose, who's not gonna, it's not going to bother them as much to travel as it would RSL. So you you have to take advantage. It's Dom Kinnear's chance uh, to show that what he can do and make some changes and the team's chance to show uh, that they're not they're not dead yet. They're not quite dead yet.
1: I have uh, I have a bunch of Galaxy friends who were uh, who were let's see uh, one of them was traveling back from the from the World Series. We I didn't even get to say congratulations to the Dodgers on the World Series. Uh, LA once again the sports center of uh, of the the world really. I'm going to say it. They're the sports center of the world. Uh, the Lakers and the Dodgers <laughs> We have this conversation. We we have. Um they they uh, the Lakers and the Dodgers both holding championships right now. Uh, really it's up to the Galaxy to make it in the playoffs and then run the table and get an MLS Cup and if that happens, how do you not make Dominic near your, your, your coach next year? I think that's the, that's the way that Dom has to do it is get a third MLS cup. Um, so that way I can rant and rave about how much it counts now that the LA galaxy came from last place. Whereas if anybody else wins it, I will rant and rave about how it shouldn't count. Um, how a supporter shield is ridiculous. Um and everything else that I I usually rant and rave about. So, um, I, I think that's that's sort of the plan that that Dom needs to set it up. They should say, Hey, Dom, if you win MLS Cup, we'll give you the job. No problems. I mean, that's I like that yeah. stick and carrot. Let's go. Let's let's <laughs> let's rock and roll on that. Uh, sure, Josh. All right. Sure. Is there any is there anything else you wanted to cover tonight? I know we went a little longer. Um, it, we needed to go longer. There was a lot that yeah. happened today.
2: Yeah. Well, I I, I would I did want to mention possible coaching candidates with the. Uh, you know, possibly like a Miguel Herrera, but I, that's for another show. DTK said it was it was too soon to start talking about it's candidates, so I'm not going to talk about candidates, even though I just dropped one out there.
1: Listen to the guy who we blame for a lot of the problems, but somehow still respect enough to allow him to dictate what's what goes on our show. Right? That's 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 <laughs> what we just did. I I'm confused. We just I'm as confused. twenty minutes of his clips. Con- I'm as confused as you, Eric. It's like, you know, you kiss your first girl and then you go cry in the corner. I'm not sure how to feel right now. I'm that's, not sure. That's not how it works. That's not how it's supposed to, to go. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Well, we'll figure it. We'll, 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 I'll get some therapy. We'll figure this out. Um, but you know, uh, again, I think the LA galaxy are in a worse position now than they were with gamma bear Scalotto only because there's so many options and things that can go wrong and trying to pick that out, MLS has turned into a league with very little margin for screw-ups, um, as you've seen with the LA Galaxy. And you have to get everything right, and you have to get your designated players right. And with Chicharito hanging out there right now, it may be the Galaxy aren't going to be able to get their designated players right for another two years. Uh, so think about that for a second. Now, Christian Pavone goes this this, summer, this winter, as expected, and the LA Galaxy have a designated player spot. Um, you know, depending on who the coach is, again, the reason that you like, like Dennis Declosa with Gamma, is because they were coming in with a plan, Eric, there was a plan, right? And I think that's one of the reasons that everybody still trusts Dennis Declosa is he still has a plan in his mind of how he wants to work this and how he wants to do it. And we've seen a complete absence of plan from anybody else within the organization, um, which sort of goes back. And I know we haven't talked about it, but you know, I said that the Gamma Bersh, thing was a start of something. Um, You've had, uh, you know, you've had a president of the LA Galaxy who's gone through four coaches. You have, um, you know, a president of AEG who has buried two sports franchises, um, in the Kings and the Galaxy. So in my mind, the accountability has not is not done yet. And when you know <coughs> that Uncle Phil, that Phil Anschutz was at uh, the game that I was at, which game was that? Oh, it was the Vancouver game. Um, was yeah. was at that Vancouver game. Um, where the LA Galaxy won it. Um, you know that Phil's involved in this. And I didn't see him, but I think Taylor Trollman uh, reported that. So um, you you need to have a plan going forward and the organization as a whole needs to have a plan going forward. And absence of that plan, we're willing to trust Dennis Declosa who says he has a plan and his plan just went burned into little pieces and broke apart. You now he has to start back over, but there's somebody who's promising us a plan if there's no plan anywhere else within the organization, which sometimes I feel it's a rudderless ship, then you have to find somebody who's going to helm the ship correctly and, and drive it in the right direction. Bruce arena did that again you know, praying at the at the altar of Bruce Arena. Bruce Arena did that. He always had a plan. He always had a direction. Everybody in that organization was aligned and pulling on the rope in the same direction. And you can't always say that with this administration the way it has been. So I think the LA Galaxy yeah. have a lot of questions. Dennis DeCloso said he had to, you know, look in and see if he was, you know, part of, he was the responsible party. He was responsible for this as well. So that had to be looked in the off season as well. So uh, why don't you, you, yeah. you can have the final thought and then we'll, we'll, we'll roll I,
2: I like this. Jerry Springer's final thoughts. Pull, pull up a chair, kids. Uh, I, I think the, the you, you mentioned it. The, GBS is the first domino to fall. I think he is not the sole responsibility. I think other changes need to be made. The way Dennis DeClosa is talking sounds like he knows what direction this may be going. Uh, and he 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 maybe knows what the plan is, and maybe there are other people who are not going to be part of those those plans moving forward. I'm just going to say it out loud. You know, uh, w- with Chris Klein being president for this entire tenure, that the Galaxy have gone on this drought and had unsuccessful seasons. You know, that comes from the top putting the pieces in play. I think this was his his ninth life uh, as as a cat. He's had a lot of opportunities, a lot of coaches. I think a change needs to be made there. Um, it, and that's why I think DTK is even on the chopping block a little bit as well, because why would you keep your general manager if you're going to bring in a new president and new person to make things happen? So it's possible that GBS is just the first domino because of the on-the-field f- performance, but maybe there are more things to come. And I think uh, the Galaxy fan base that is on there Sees through that, and they know that the, it's not all on the coach, and that other changes need to happen, and there needs to be a reboot and a reset, uh, just like there was in in 2007 with with cleaning house and firing everyone and and getting someone in to to steer the ship in the right direction. I think that's that's what the galaxy needs right now, and uh, you know, with three games left, something needed to be done with the embarrassing losses, but I think you're right. We're not done yet. There's still going to be an off season and there're going to be other things that need to happen uh if this team doesn't want to be in limbo for another four or five years.
1: All right. There you go. Uh LA Galaxy playing against Real Salt Lake uh coming up on Sunday. Uh Sunday first uh Sunday November 1st 7:30 p.m. Pacific Time uh Spectrum SportsNet is your channel. Uh head on over to our Discord. I imagine that you can usually find a way to watch the game on the Discord. That's just uh, hint, hint. Go to the Discord. Watch the game. Um, so, and the link for the Discord is always in the show notes as well. I've stopped caring. We know that. Um, I would like to say uh, it sounds like uh, I know I know Megan Riza, who who works for Spectrum, um, was one of the evacuees for the uh, the fire in the Silverado area. Um, I, I, she's doing fine. It sounds like, but um, I just wanted to wish her and and her family the best. I know that she she got out of there, and I think everybody got back in. So I don't think there were any issues, and they didn't lose any structures in that fire. Um, it was pretty close. It's like about eight miles from where I'm at. So it was pretty close. Um, You know, it wasn't close enough for me to be worried about it. But at the same time, I knew people who were in that area. So, um, But everybody stay safe. I know there's fires out there. Santa Ana wins. Uh, We got COVID-19 spiking again. So, you know, wash your hands, stay safe, uh, all that fun stuff again. Um, And then obviously, uh, go vote. Uh, We've talked about it before. Please vote. Um, it was, uh, it was, I think Dave Matthews was on CNN today. So, you know, you always look for your political commentary <laughs> to come from the same guy who, who wrote crash into me, right? Crash. Um, but he was saying, you know, when you don't vote, um, you can allow the minority to d- decide what the majority of the people will, will have to live through. And he goes, and if you really don't vote, you can have an extreme minority decide what the majority of people go through. So if you're the majority and you have a voice, you need to go out there and you need to vote. So that way the majority decides what the majority is going to go through. So, uh, like I said, and
2: just Matthews, fun little story, a fun little story that I've always, you know, uh, when you see people, um, you know, posting, you know, go vote and maybe you get sick of it. Maybe you're fatigued. Uh, you just, just remember those people voted. So if you agree with them, uh, you know, back them up, give them a a second vote to write on their coattails. And if you disagree with them, Go cancel them out. So, so either way, you know uh, you know you you there's an incentive for you to go do that. So whatever way you're you're going, you ha- you have a reason, and uh, you know you see what's going on in our world to to make those things. So either back up your your fellow uh, your fellow friends who who are already voting. I know I turned in my mail-in ballot. So if, you know find that Dropbox, USPS maybe not not the best most reliable way right now. So find that Dropbox in your in your local area. And uh, drop it off early. That way you can avoid those lines with the COVID spike. So I agree with you. Go vote.
1: Go vote. All right. That's it. Uh, Eric, tell people where they can find you. We'll get out on out of here.
2: All right. As always, you can find me on Twitter at HammerEV. You can also find me on Instagram at Galaxy Profile. That's Galaxy, P-R-O-F-O-U-L. All right.
1: If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Guesswin J-G-U-E-S man and of course at galaxy podcast head on over to corner of where you can find all of our articles our previews all that fun stuff is right there for you at corner of all full coverage of guillermo barra and his firing and of course uh, all the games coming up here corner all right uh, that's it long long show today glad everybody could join us uh, we will keep you updated for the rest of the season and keep going uh, for eric the portuguese hammer Vieira, i'm josh pato guess when you've been listening to corner of the galaxy on corner of the be safe everybody